Are you ready to do some learning? That was really cheesy. Uh, it's Rochelle <laughs> and Carter. Thanks for spending some time with us. And we call this the Anything But Quiet Time podcast because, well, you just found out why. Yeah. Well, you know, I know you're about to t- uh, tell us stuff that you've learned about in Exodus and reading in the second book of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, but you, we got to start in fresh with a joke or something. Oh, okay. Know. You got like a like an Old Testament. Well, you know, I was at the uh, the Old Testament Museum the other day. What? Did I tell happened? you about the Old Testament no. Museum? Could not figure a way to get outside the building. Then I finally found the Exodus. I was <clears> wrong. <throat> we shouldn't have started. We shouldn't have started. <laughs> So this is where we just talk about what we're going through spiritually and just kind of an audible form of a quiet time. Yeah. Which is, again, very churchy phrase. It's just funny to me. Why does that bother you? I don't know. It's just like. Because churchy phrases are not a bad thing. I think maybe sometimes they. They are when you're talking to a group of people that aren't in the culture. No, I get that. And then you, quiet time. And I had your protection. And then then they're like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I. I think at the same time, though, if you, like, define it, it's just like any other word or phrase. It's Everybody like, has inside well, phrases. Yeah, okay. You're talking about when you spend time with God. That's what you're talking about. But I think when you—yes, yes, yes. But when you want people to be a part of what you're about, and this is the most important thing, a relationship with God, understanding that Jesus yes. loves you and is who he said he was and he died on the cross for you— the last thing that you want to do is distract and shut people out from the get-go because you're talking like old church lady. But this is what usually ends up happening is it's that you come up with new phraseology, new mm-hmm. terminology, and then at some point that terminology is going to become very insider. So you change. So you change again. So I think even my parents would have called this devotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we're calling it a quiet time, and my children will more than likely have it'll be like hey, time with God, pep talk with Jesus. Pep t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know. no, I I think, and even you know, and we're about to get what we're what we're actually going through. But it reminds me, I went to a church once where I think the the um, announcement time is so critical at a church mm-hmm. if you want people to feel welcome at your church. Because I remember there was this guy named Greg that was just this really funny guy. He would do the announcements, Mm -hmm. and he was really funny, and he did a pretty good job including everybody. But then everybody, like the pastor and everybody else that would get up, it would be like, oh, like old Greg, that time old Greg on the rope swing, and like all these things that you had to be there for. Oh, inside stuff. And I'm just thinking if this is somebody's first time, first Sunday at this church, they're going, okay, well, you have your little group, and uh, I don't belong here. Unless I know Greg. I won't fit in. <laughs> I won't fit in. <laughs> Greg was pretty loud. You got to know him pretty quickly, actually. Um, so I have just started Exodus. I've been in Genesis for a while. And I'm Rochelle's talking about, she'll be talking about doing her chronological thing here. <laughs> I just happen to be, I probably won't go past Exodus, but it was just a good transition. The story of Joseph. And can I just interject yeah, something? Yeah. There is no wrong way to read the Bible. Backwards. So if, like, so if you want to stop at Exodus and, and go to Revelation... I think if you read it backwards, it would probably be bad. If you read it backwards, like literally, start when the with words, Revelation. No, and no, go, I mean if the if you read the lines backwards, then the words make no sense. No, but you you might say something like on a Queen song, <laughs> spin the Bible backwards. <laughs> what if it was this? It was one of those words. It was the same backwards as and forwards. One but it does. I don't. I don't know. We we digress. We die. What? And this is what we don't do on KSBJ. We I, try to stay focused on the air on but KSBJ. Ironically, it is interesting when you do study. I do believe it's Aramaic that you read from right to left. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. And I don't know if that's if it's Aramaic or Greek. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, 
But yeah, it is. It, you go from so when they go to read the Talmud in a synagogue, you'll see the rabbi and he will read with this little stick type yeah, thing uh-huh, uh-huh. from right to left. That's fascinating. That's anyway. just I, I love how different languages and cultures are. Yeah. Um, so I was reading the story of Joseph and the you know the brothers and he's you know Joseph's in charge of Egypt basically right. and and then um, you know the end of Joseph carry my bones to when God takes us back to the the land and and everything and you you start to understand okay clearly after he died <laughs> yeah take my old bones back on your on a piggyback ride um, and I didn't I think as Sunday school you jump around with these things to okay you, there's a the story of Joseph. And now here's the story of Moses, and you don't realize, okay, why why were the uh, Israelite people enslaved? And it says, you know, there was a new Pharaoh, a new king of Egypt that mm-hmm. didn't. It says it didn't. He didn't know Joseph. Didn't know of Joseph, mm-hmm. and so he's kind of now they don't have a good relationship, Israelites and Egypt. And it says also that Joseph's family, they, I mean, they got it going. They, they populated the the country. Yep, they did. And so now there's a, there's too many in this Pharaoh king's opinion, and he needs to figure out what's something to do. What if they gang up against us, or they they join forces with a an enemy of ours? What mm-hmm. happens? And so they put him in. They didn't say slavery at first. It said just work gangs, and then it got more and more grueling as years went on. Whereas it was finally just flat out slavery. You that, know? that reminds me a lot of what happened during the Holocaust. It started little by little, little by little. They started kicking them out of the places where they had been. That's right. Where the people lived. And then they put them in uh, the kind of camps in the midst of town. And then they ended up taking them to concentration That's fascinating. camps. Fascinating. Yes, that's yeah. absolutely true. And and horrendous. And but I think hard to imagine in both both times. Yeah. But it's it's a cyclical situation with the chosen people, isn't it? Mm, yeah. And so uh, so now it's now you you kind of know. Okay. Well, now Moses is going to do his thing. He yeah. was he was born. He wasn't supposed to be, or or wasn't supposed to be alive because of the Pharaoh wanting to kill all the the male babies. And and then they found him in the basket down the river. And then he grows up, and and then he eventually flees. And and now God's telling him, you know, go free my people. And and there's there's really two things that I I wanted to hone in on with the story. And and one is that. Moses, I've heard this a lot, brought up a lot of what ifs, you know, with God. <laughs> yeah. And and there was finally a point where God did get angry. God was so patient, you know. Yeah. The whole, okay, okay, well, I'm I'm your mouth. Well, check out this staff. Well, you know, and and finally it's like, all right, you know what? You want to bring your brother Aaron? Fine. Aaron will do it. <laughs> and um, and yet he still didn't. Right off Moses, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm talking about how God get, got angry, but he still used Moses to do this thing. He's a parent. Yeah. He's a dad. Yeah. He's, a, he's his heavenly father. And how many times have you, you know, if you have a child and you've told them, please do this. <laughs> and it takes like 17 times for them to, hey. And maybe you, you do have to finally get their sibling to help them out. Otherwise, they're never going to do it. Yeah. You know? No, that's a very good point. And he, he met up with Aaron and Aaron <laughs> helped him out. And and then obviously, I actually am, am not through it all, but I know what happens with the plagues and, and different things sure. and eventually the Red Sea. And God, um, God saves his people. God right? saves his people. And and so happy ending in that that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I know this is like an age old question. Why do why does God let bad things happen? Yeah. And I don't think this really answers the question, but it was still such a peaceful thing to read. And I don't know if I've heard it phrased like this. 
I use the message, especially in the Old Testament. I don't know if that's a true Christian translation. <laughs> okay, so what's fascinating <laughs> about this, this is a little tangent. Well, okay. um, the message is a translation of the Bible, and it is very common language. Yes. You know, I've, I've seen a line that said, it's like eating fast food all day. Like, I've, you know, it's a very <laughs> up-to-date language. And I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, because people will really get sensitive about sure. this. And a pastor friend of mine said, what's ironic about people that hate on the message is that the King James version, which is typically the, that's the old fashioned, that's the original, mm -hmm. you know, that was a paraphrase of a paraphrase or a, a translation of a translation of a translation. Sure. And what Eugene Peterson did, the guy that wrote the message, he admits it's a paraphrase, but he went off the original language, mm -hmm. the original text. That's interesting. And so it may be, even though it is paraphrased, it may be more accurate in some places than the King James. Well, how many times have you gotten something great out of a message that God gave to your pastor and you go and paraphrase it to somebody else? True. And it still holds its 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 spiritual truth. And you have to just kind of remind yourself of those things because we all have our biases about certain, yeah. you know. I mean, and, songs, anything. Yeah. But Lord, help me to hold everything loosely. The only thing I need to be grabbing hold both hands with is you, Jesus, yeah. tightly. And, and so— you know, back to the, the verse of this message version that I'd never heard it put like this. Um, the Israelites groaned under their slavery and cried out. Hmm. And this is just what was peaceful. Again, it, it doesn't explain why God lets bad things happen, but but he's in it with you. Their cries for relief from their hard labor ascended to God. God listened to their groanings. God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And that was talking about, you know, the people will prosper and, you know, a big nation and everything. And then it goes on to say, God saw what was going on with Israel. God understood. Hmm. I, I think just those last two words even was just like, <sighs> bad things won't stop happening because life is inevitable. There's good and bad things. But just seeing those words, God understood, and you take that in a personal sense, you know, your divorce, your prodigal son or daughter, your financial struggles, your health issues, God understands. It just, it reminded me of this song, and I don't know if you, if it sounded like you had, you might, you want to say something real quick. No, play the song. Let play me play the song. song. This is one that I've been, I have loved, and this is uh, Hillsong United, and the song is called Highlands, and just the fact that God is God in the midst of, of anything. Obviously, we've talked about on the air, the summit where my feet are, you mm -hmm. know, that's where we should stand. And But there's one line in there um, that, you know, you're the God, you're still God within the shadows, even when the night leads me astray. Mm -hmm. And this could mean everything that I said before of things that come at you, mm -hmm. but also to me, even when the night leads me astray, when I mess up, mm -hmm. 
when I've gone back to the dark things, when I have that habitual sin that has reared its ugly head again, and you're still God even when the night leads me astray. I, I just yeah. I have loved that song and and this passage that I'm going through made it click even more. It's incredible how okay, so we fast forward a little bit in the timeline from God leading his people out of bondage mm-hmm. because he quote understood. Yeah. And there is this huge line, timeline, from that moment to a guy named Hosea. Mm-hmm. And Hosea was a prophet, and this comes along. I couldn't even tell you how many kings. I'd have to go back and count them because after a while, it just get blurred after King David. King David was the rock star of kings for the Jewish people. And then after King David's son, King Solomon, stepped down, things went kaput. And I, a lot of it largely had to do with the fact that King Solomon allowed some idolatry to come into the kingdom. But he had a great head of hair. <laughs> Let's remember that. A great head of hair. Great head of hair. Because, well, because that was that was where his power came from, right? You didn't want to cut his hair. That was Samson. otherwise he would. Oh man, you're Samson. right. I had the S in my brain. He would, yeah, Solomon was the wisest guy on the planet. He was the wisest guy. Yeah. And Solomon actually wasn't so wise because he started marrying a lot of people, and that didn't necessarily mean that he was like, you know what? I promise to love, honor, cherish, and commit all the things that we promise in our vows at the wedding day. To all of these women, which there were a thousand of, right? That's stressful. <laughs> but he he basically, like, they quote married. That meant a different thing maybe back then. At least it's a lot of the times it was a political situation so that he had peace treaties with kingdoms and such. The point is they brought baggage with them. Yeah. They grew up in a different culture. And God had warned his people about when you intermarry with people who are worshiping these idols— you're going to want to, because you love them, you're going to want to somehow, I don't know, all right, you worship your little idol over there while I try to worship my God. You can't do that and 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 be able to, you can't have two things at once. It's it's not going to work out. Yeah. And that's what happened with Solomon, and that's what eventually happened with the kingdom. They started going halvesies in their worship with the Lord, and the kingdom breaks up, and it's between Israel and Judah now instead of just one kingdom known as Israel. And it, it's just a big mess. And it's king after king after king after king after king. And there were a few speckled in there that were pretty good. And maybe on another podcast, we'll get to one of my favorites in there in the speckling. But Hosea is kind of coming out the trail end until we see the Israelites once again get into a bondage type situation. They're exiled from their land into captivity with Babylon and Assyrians and all this stuff. Hosea comes along and God sees him and says, I want you to marry this woman named Gomer. Pile? (laughs) Golly! (laughs) It's probably what he was thinking because Gomer had a reputation. Yeah. She was a a prostitute and he did marry her. He had children by her. She ends up being unfaithful to him. And it is literally the manifestation of God's emotion towards his people. Hmm. Because he says, do you see how your wife is being unfaithful to you? This is how my people, the ones who I brought from back in the day, who have cared for since before the days of Joseph and Moses, they have completely denied me and been unfaithful. And, you know, nowadays, how many shows are completely contributed, especially afternoon programming on TV, if anybody watches TV anymore, to watching people kick there's significant others to the curb because they were unfaithful in some respect or disloyal or whatever it is. 
and God in the midst of these people being unfaithful to him is coming up with this plan to redeem them through his son, Jesus Christ. And he's sharing this with Hosea, who gives this word. Hosea is telling the Israelites, listen, we're going to hit hard times. We're going to be disciplined. Oh, big time. We're going to be punished because we have upset the king of kings. But God is coming up with a redemption plan. And I'm so blessed by that, and I'm challenged by it because Mm -hmm. I am one of those people that immediately, if you offend me, it's, yes, it's a struggle. I have to pray through it. I have to cover it in grace because it's like, you, you shouldn't have done that thing that you did to me. But God sent his son to redeem everything. And it, we didn't deserve it. That's why it's called grace. We deserve death. We deserved to be held captive. We deserve all those bad things to happen to us. Right. But God sent Jesus so that we would be able to have and know life through him eternally and not just in heaven but here now because the kingdom of heaven is now jesus said i think it's one of those things that blows your mind that you can hurt god in a sense yeah. break god's heart and i was told you this story on ksbj rochelle that it was you know when you grow up and you're an only child or you got brothers or really really any kid if dad's in the picture Dad doesn't have feelings. Dad can take anything. Me and Dad roughhouse. Dad <laughs> jokes around with me. And I I what I remember the first time that I realized I I could hurt Dad was he got me a Pokemon card. I'm sorry, that is of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm sorry. So I should delete that app t- where I chase <laughs> them still. No, so it was I'm playing. It was the the trading cards. And mm. I he bought me the rarest one. You were really into Pokemon too. Though. Was, I was. Fourth grade. It was it was it was on. So it must have been really cool that he thought of you. Well he he got it for me and it was it may have been a couple weeks, maybe been a few months. But the movie came out that had the really cool one and this kid convinced me to trade his card that involved the new movie character with the one my dad got me. And so I traded it. And I came in impressed to my dad saying, look at this trade I made. I traded on up. And I said, I traded blah, blah, blah. Mm. And he looks at me and he goes, you traded away the one that, that I got for you? Oh, oh. man. Yeah. I am so stupid. <laughs> and Lamar, Lamar was my friend that traded. He's like, no backsies. <laughs> so I still have that card, and I don't have the one that my dad got me, and just goes to show that God is in it with us, mm-hmm. and that he wants a true relationship, and we are powerless, but he loves us so much that he wants us to be, you know, follow his commands to to spend time with him. I think the very first question that you asked that so many people who choose to not follow Jesus for whatever reason. Some claim atheism, agnosticism. They don't know what to believe. Um, Some are just so hurt Mm -hmm. by what they've experienced in life. Why does God let bad things happen? And we don't have all the answers. However, I have seen incredible stories from folks who have been in the depths of, I mean, just hell, for -hmm. lack of a better word. Their life has been such a struggle whether it's a physical problem, a medical problem, 
whether it's an emotional problem, a psychological issue, whatever it is. And they, even if they don't, quote, get the healing that they prayed for, God shows something incredible through their story to others around them, and he brings glory to himself through that. And even listening to that statement alone, you might go, well, that seems selfish. Well, (laughs) this whole existence is to be about praise of our king. Mm -hmm. And if, if, if I ever look at God and think of him as selfish, and there have been days that I'm, I have that thought, well, that feels selfish. <laughs> I then have to reread these accounts through the story of the Bible, look in a mirror myself and realize all the times that I have been unfaithful to my Lord in some capacity. Right. And realize that he had the opportunity at any moment to blot us out <laughs> with the you know, bigger than Thanos, could have wiped us all out with a snap of his fingers. Right. But chose not to. In fact, he chose to die on a cross to save us. And that's why I've heard those messages of, you know, God can do what he wants. You can. Well, and, and it's true. But I think also God's not necessarily in that business of, I mean, he is going to do what he wants, but he knows best. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, just come along with me Trust and it's going to be best for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's going to, if you follow me, if you follow my commands, your life will be easier and not perfect and not immune from disaster, but certainly your heart and your, your psyche in those moments, because you're following God. If God is so great, why does he love you? Why does he want you? Are, am I worthy? No, we're the furthest thing from it. He's the only one who's worthy, but you are so desirable. Yeah. He loves you so much. Oh, my word. Absolutely. So if nothing else, you heard those words today. I pray that blesses you. Now, I do want to talk about Solomon being the wisest man on earth, right? He was supposedly (laughs) Supposedly. the wisest man on earth. And possibly the wealthiest person who ever lived. So there's actually, he was was on a plane, Rochelle. Did you know about Solomon on the plane? Solomon was on the plane. Yeah, because it was the president of the United States. Yeah. It was the world's best doctor. Okay. It was Solomon, the wisest man on earth. Yeah. And then it was the intern. Oh, my. Yeah. And so the pilot comes out of the cockpit and sure. says, hey, I'm so sorry. This plane's going down. I can't do anything to fix the engine. And he, and he grabs his his parachute and he's like, I, listen, uh, sorry, y'all. There's only three parachutes, but good luck. Lovely. Pilot jumps out. This plane's going down. Mm-hmm. Well, President mm-hmm. of the United States says, I'm the President of the United States. I, I, I mean, I need to be saved. Well, I, I mean, yeah. There's well, a lot of people depending on it. They all agreed. You know, they let he's let's give him a, a parachute. So he gets one. He gets one. He he he's he's out. Well, the wisest uh, man on earth, Solomon says, sure. "I'm the wisest guy on earth. I need to be safe. I can help you with directions. I I know stuff. So many things. So well, they, the the doctor and the intern agreed. Well, he needs to go. So now sure. it's down to the doctor and the intern. Yeah. And yeah. the doctor says, "You know what? You go. I've been saving lives for years, and why don't why don't I give my life for yours? Wow. And the intern says, "Doctor." It's okay. There's actually two parachutes because the wisest guy on earth grabbed my backpack. <laughs> you know, I would be a little nervous about that joke if King Solomon was still around, but uh, I don't think he's offended. So, <laughs> the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. It ends with stupidity. <laughs>